Welcome everyone to the Bread of Life. I'm Joel Van Hoogen. I'm the Bible teacher at the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho, and I'm the executive director of the International Outreach and Disciple Making Ministry, Church Partnership Evangelism. Our full-time missionaries are working to equip and engage the body of Christ in many countries around the world. You can learn more about how we're raising up national evangelists and disciple makers and church planters by going to traincpe.org. Now to God's Word. Sometimes a good memory haunts us. It tells us that the expectations birthed in that moment have been unfulfilled. But the memory isn't always false, and the promise of that memory may not have been either, especially when that memory is of God's gracious salvation in your life. Though life doesn't always turn out as we expect, remember still God's work. God has not changed, and His saving work in your life is not done. He will complete it to His glory and your great blessing. That is the lament of remembering. Let's take now the second half of this psalm and look at the ascent back to praise. The determination here is to remember. He says in verse 11, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. First he says, I think, it seems to me, the hand of the Lord, the Most High, has changed. But now he says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. I think I know where the lament comes from, and I also know where the ascent back into praise and comfort comes from as well. And I'll tell you, it comes from the same thing, your memories. And actually, I think it comes from the same memories, the same memories. And so along with the disenchantment of remembering all the blessings that God has gave you that promoted within you such hope and such a confidence in the future. Go back now to those same memories and grab hold of the determination to continue to continue to praise Him and honor Him. Here's what you do. Here's the way back. Those very memories that you have of the blessedness of walking with God and trusting God and hoping and believing God for the future. And now you've entered into a part in time in your life where it doesn't add up the way you would have scripted it. History hasn't been written out the way you would have written it. That day when God seemed to release you, you went forward to do great things for God, and now you're not sure if you've been able to accomplish what you thought you were going to accomplish. And the resistance and the difficulty and the attrition of the enemy who constantly comes against you is bearing in upon your spirit. And at times, yes, it mocks. It mocks those memories, and those memories seem to mock you. But you can't cast them off. The answer is not in casting them off. It's in going back to them. It's in retrieving them and laying hold of them again. And that's what the psalmist says he's going to do. I am going to remember. I'm going to remember God's mighty works. First, remember the blessed day when God became central in your life. Remember that hope that sprang up into you when the weight of your sin fell away. Remember how God seemed to answer your prayers so quickly and steadily, like a mother rushing to feed a whimpering newborn babe. Remember the dreams and the pleasures that you shared with God as you were learning to walk with Him and learning all about Him. Remember the blessings of your home and your dedication of your marriage and your family and your work and your life and your future that you gave to God in those days. Remember you told him that you would follow him even if no one else would. Remember that you told him you'd live and die for him. Remember that you said you would serve him in the lowest place of service if only he would be with you. Remember it all. Go back through your mind and add them up and lay them down and remember them. Now, instead of a haunting ghost, 
where they come back to you to somehow haunt you, grab them specifically, retrieve them, lay them out, and see God writing them out, and God putting those hopes and those dreams and those desires and those responses in your life. Second, remember who it was that produced those works of old in your life. He hasn't changed. Here's what the psalmist says. He says, Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God. And the King James, it says, Your way is in the sanctuary. Listen, within the sanctuary was all mystery. No one really could go into that place and know what was happening there. It was hidden to their eyes. Your way, O God, is in a completely, this is what holiness means, a completely other place. It's a mystery to us. I can't give a reason why you came to me and called me out from darkness into life. I can't explain why it was you put the spark of hope and faith in my life and brought me to you. I can't tell you what's happening in the womb of the earth when you gave shape to my life and brought my soul into your presence. It's a mystery. What it means is that God works in ways that we do not understand and that we cannot fathom and we don't know the how and why of all that He's done and you don't know the how and why of why God was ever merciful to you or gracious to you or good to you. And you don't know the how or why of when it seems as if some of that mercy and that grace is rolling away from you. You don't know. It's a wonder to us still. But even when the shadows of doubt and disappointment scud over our heads, God still is at work and He's working His wonders in the deep. Cowper wrote, Deep and unfathomable minds of never-ending skill, He treasures up His bright designs and works His sovereign will. He's working. Third, remember the way of God's salvation. Remember it as it was expressed for you and for others. And here I'm not simply saying remember your personal experience of receiving Him, your personal experience of coming to Him. That's a part of that first thing that I've told you to remember. That blessed day when God became central in your life. I'm saying remember what Christ did in order to bring you to Himself. If you look at this passage, the psalmist looks back to the day of God's deliverance of Israel through the Red Sea from slavery in Egypt. And at this point in time, the psalmist actually breaks out into a form of imaginative poetry that you won't find anywhere else. Before this, he's just kind of pouring out his feeling and his attitude. But now, he allows his imagination to scale into this great work of God delivering Israel. And he finds it a quite wonderful, glorious story. And he allows himself to search it out in that way. When the waters saw you, O God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. Indeed, the deep trembled. Clouds poured out water. Skies gave forth thunder. Your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind. In the Hebrew language, it's as if, God, you were rolling in your chariot through the skies. Your lightning lighted up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your way was through the sea. Your path through the great waters. Yet your footprints were unseen. Something wonderful he's describing here. An expression, you might say, of the sheer greatness of the salvation that he's received. Listen, there was a cosmic clash at the cross when Jesus made a way for you to follow him out of your bondage into freedom. He was the one who drove away the waters of judgment by entering in them for us. He parted the waves of destruction and death by walking through them in our behalf. He led us through the great waters of destruction and brought us into the place of forgiveness and freedom 
Exercise your mind to think about it and imagine it and wonder at it. You know, the Bible is full of imagery of our salvation that is meant to cause us to dream and expand our thoughts at the greatness of God's salvation. Jesus is the ark that carries us through the floods of judgment. He's the path that goes before us in the midst of the sea. He's the hero who buys us back from slavery in order to make us his bride. He's the victor who disarms the captor and triumphs over him in victory. He is the lamb who bears our sins. He's the scapegoat who carries it away into the wilderness. There's all kinds of language. Search it out and find it. Here, get poetical. Here, expand your story to the great things that God has done for you. Remember not only the, what He has done in saving you, but what He has done in redeeming His people. Fourth, remember His faithfulness to His people. In the history of the church, God has periodically thundered and shook the nations with the power of His salvation as the church has turned back to celebrate the life that He gave Him, as God has manifested Himself in a wonderful way. The church has... As a result, done some great deeds by the power of God's Spirit moving upon them. He's given them great leaders. He gave to this man and to Israel, Moses and Aaron, to lead them. And God has given to the church great men at times as well. Men who rose up to call us back to Him and to lead us out from the wilderness into His plenty. And remember the shepherds that God has placed over His church and the shepherds that God has put in your life as well. Remember them. Just an exercise for you. When your memories haunt you, you don't get a sense, by the way, at the end of the song because it's incomplete, it's not full. You don't get the sense of the answer of this man's dilemma. You don't really get the picture that he's out of his dilemma altogether when the psalm ends. It ends rather abruptly. It's only hinted at that he's found his way out from his lament. Those very memories that have brought him under this profound distress to such an extent that he can't sleep, that he can't even speak, that when he thinks of God, he groans. Those very memories now he goes back to and he lays hold of them and he clings to them and he rehearses himself in them. And in that you see, in a sense, the clouds beginning to part and him making his way back to the point of praise and confidence and trust. It doesn't put us there because it doesn't happen overnight. It's not a switch that you can just flip and all of a sudden everything's better. But it's the way back. Remember God's blessing in your own life when He became central. Remember the one who produced these great works in your life of old. Remember the way of salvation that He brought to you and to all of us through His Son, Jesus Christ, and expand that story out. Remember His faithfulness to you. And those that he brought around your life and he's brought around the church to shepherd them. It's not going to solve your problem all at once or your discouragement all at once, but in due time. In due time it will. Let me leave you with one verse. Galatians 6, 9. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Let's remember that. Let's bow our heads. And God, this duty to remember and the benefit of remembering 
and the blessing of remembering, although at times it brings to us discouragements and the sense of a contradiction in things and the accuser may use them against us. And our own weary souls may convolute all that is there before us. The call to remember is expressed in the very table that's before us. To remember the day when you brought us to a feasting table and you opened up yourself before us. And you called us to drink of you and eat of you and find our satisfaction in you. To remember as well that this life that you gave to us came by your sacrifice and that not only did you invite us to enter into your joys and your life and your benefit, but you called us to enter into your sufferings as well. We are not only to commune in the richness of that life, but we are to commune in your agonies in the midst of a fallen and broken world. And it fell on you and it falls on us. And we forget at times that part of the story. But you've not changed. And your salvation has not changed. And it is so great. And the memories are not faint whispers. They are very real. Your work is very real. O happy day that fixed my choice on Thee, my Savior and my God. Whatever has come of joy or pain from that day on, let us lay it all at Jesus' feet and still rejoice in His salvation. You've been listening to The Bread of Life, a ministry of Church Partnership Evangelism and the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. For a copy of this broadcast, just go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, may the Lord bless you.